Find a fresh take on a fall getaway to Wilmington, North Carolina and beaches. Enjoy hiking trails in a state park, fresh seafood with a sight of live music and fall festivals galore. Then live it up along the Riverwalk in Wilmington's historic downtown. With three island beaches, Carolina, Curie and Wrightsville and a vibrant downtown, you get the best of the Carolina coast all in one place. Plan your fall getaway at WilmingtonandBeachesVacation.com. Welcome to Real Paranormal Activity, the network. Entertainment you'll enjoy. You are listening to an RPA production where people gather. Foss Corporation, LLC. I'm very grateful to have such a wonderful woman as my mother. She's that rock of the family. I'm the youngest of four kids, so I was her baby. I'm not ashamed to say that, and I still am. I'm a mama's boy. I guess you could say I was a grandmama's boy as well. My relationship with my grandmother was wonderful. She would cook these massive meals for the entire family. That way, this way. I used to love to help her in the kitchen when she'd cook and just really bond. It's really good. It's nice. Just the sweetest woman you'd ever want to meet. I always knew that she was there for me and would always be there for me. I was 32 when she passed away. I was sort of felt pain because I was unable to, to be there with her when she passed. Just a few years after my grandmother passed away, I had the most difficult time in my personal life. I was going through a divorce. I have two children, so it was extremely difficult today that I left, looking at the faces of my two kids, knowing that not only is my life never going to be the same again, but neither is theirs. Didn't think I could get any lower than that. I left my house, and a very good friend of mine let me stay at his guest house. My friend shows me the guest house, shows me around. It's not big at all, but to me it was like staying at the Taj Mahal. I just needed a roof over my head and a place to, to close my eyes. He leaves about a day or so later with his family to go on vacation to Hawaii. I'm there by myself staying in the, the guest house. The next morning, I get a call from my mother telling me that she has something to tell me and like me to come over. So I go over to see my parents and I can tell there's something amiss. There's something wrong. It's, it's not everything is, is right here. So when I ask her, just she matter-of-factly just sort of says, I've got cancer. I've got cancer. I don't know if I can describe that feeling, uh, the emotion that you have, because 
it's your mom. You want to help her. But there's nothing I can physically do other than just hold her and tell her that I love her. I have never felt so helpless in my life. So I'm driving back from having just left my mother's house and I pull up on the street where I'm staying. You know, I'm just inundated with all these thoughts of everything that's happening. A divorce, I'm not going to see my kids as much. Work isn't going so great. My mother's got cancer. All I keep thinking is, why? That was without a doubt the lowest point I had ever been in my life. I'm sitting there on the street in my car, pitch black outside, and I notice something. The lights in the guest house go on by themselves. So the only thing I can think is that somebody has to be in there. This freaks me out a bit. So I get out of my car and slowly walk up the driveway, go to open the door. It's locked. I unlock it. I walk in. As soon as I close the door, lights go off. I turn them back on. And check everywhere inside the house. Because obviously I wanted to make sure there was nobody inside the house. Check all the doors. Everything is still locked. Everything was fine. Nobody in the house. That was a little strange to me. I was exhausted, physically and mentally exhausted, so I decided to just climb into bed. I need to just unwind. So I grabbed my laptop and I started looking online, just sitting in bed. I'm thinking quite a bit about my mother and looking through a few different sites and this little ad pops up to purchase rosary necklaces. My mother's a religious woman and I thought that I'd love to get one of those for her. She could have this rosary on and wear it and every time she looks down at it, she knows that I'm thinking about her. So I clicked on it and found something that I thought would be great for her. So I bookmarked the page, mental note, getting that for my mother first thing in the morning. Go to sleep. You know you get that sense when you think somebody's watching you while you're asleep. Then I hear this voice. Nobody there. I was scared at that point. I was confused. And at that moment, I see this figure at the foot of my bed. And I see this woman that then I make out to be my grandmother. I recognize the voice. It's warm, it's comforting, it's loving, saying, it's okay, Danny, it's gonna be okay. She was wearing just a white dress 
She had that blue apron that she used to wear when she'd cook. That's how I knew it was her. And before I can say anything to her, she says it again. And then she's gone. And I'm looking wide awake. I don't know if I was scared at that point, if I was amazed. The emotions were just sort of around me. After that, I don't sleep much the rest of that night. So I wake up the next morning, and I, I the only thing I thought was, I have to go tell this to my mother. As I head out, I open the front door. There's a box sitting on the front doorstep. No return address, nothing else. A little odd. I pick it up and open it. And inside is a rosary necklace. Right there. I'm freaked out. Don't know where it came from. Nobody knew I was even thinking about this, that I was even considering this. The next morning, it's on my doorstep. So I immediately, I, I get in my car, I drive over to my parents' house, I get there, spill my guts. It's just words are flying out of my mouth trying to explain what had occurred to me the night prior. She looked at me and she said, it's going to be okay. And I told my mother that my grandmother said, it's going to be okay, Danny. My mom was just as calm as could be. And she sort of said, yeah, that was mom. That's what she used to say to me. That's what she always would say to me as well. And she's looking out for you. And she's looking out for me. She just accepted it. And when I offered her the rosary, she said, because everything's going to be okay, Danny. Everything's going to be okay. This is Shannon in Abu Dhabi, and you are listening to RPA, Real Paranormal Activity, with my good friend, Aaron Hunter. Welcome. I'm Aaron Hunter, purveyor of paranormal stories, the occult, and the unexplained. Welcome to RPA. I hope you enjoy your stay. Hey guys, Aaron here, and it is Monday, October 24th, 2022, episode 282. How's everyone out there around the world doing? And as always, I'm glad to be back in the hot seat. Speaking about the hot seat, man, we've been having some really nice weather here. 60s, 70s, I think maybe three days ago, we got close to 80 degrees. But uh, yeah, winter's coming, man, so better enjoy it while it lasts. As far as announcements are concerned, uh, as I mentioned last episode uh aaron's heart show he's taken uh, mr aaron Farrell. he's taken a uh, a little hiatus he's finishing up his latest novel 
and I spoke to him uh, by email a few days ago and he thinks he's going to be back in November right around there so he's not going away he's just you know he's finishing up his work so yeah take it easy Aaron and this Wednesday will be another new episode of Terry's Mysterious Moments with Terry from Texas and of course this Friday two new entertaining short films will be released and also a new Hoodoo Lounge radio episode and so with that that's you know that's it short and sweet and for you new guys out there if you have any experiences in the paranormal that you want me to read off just send it to Aaron A-A-R-O-N at realparanormalactivity.com and I'll read it off on a future episode so with that you know what that means oh yeah man come on say it with me say it with me that's right to the story then follow me right this way no pushing no shoving and the fires are going nice and toasty warm in here and you guys know the deal grab a bean bag over there in the corner find an empty spot on the floor and as usual while you guys are doing that I'm gonna get behind my desk here okay and I print off Britt's packet Let's see what story she sent us Yeah, looks like we have uh, two short ones and a medium one. All right, let me take a sip of my green tea real quick. Mm -hmm. Oh, man, so good when it hits the lips, I'm telling you. All right, the first one. This one is by Zephyrin, and it's titled Rustling Sound. Okay, Zephyrin, let's see what you got, man. This just happened to me last weekend. I was at my aunt's house watching her two dogs for her while she and her husband went out of town. They have a little short-legged yellowish dog named Hazel and a fat old spaniel named Henry. I was sleeping in my aunt's room when around midnight I heard Hazel jump off the bed and start chasing something around the floor. It sounded like she was playing with a plastic bag. And this is not normal behavior for her in the middle of the night. I was curious to see what she was doing, so I turned the light on. She was in the middle of the bedroom looking very excited, but there was nothing at all there for her to play with. The weird thing is, I could still hear the plastic bag being shaken around. Shooka, shooka, shooka. The odd rustling sound seemed to leave the room and go into the dark hallway where it continued. I worried perhaps the other dog, Henry, had gotten caught in a grocery sack somehow and needed my help. At his advanced age, he certainly wouldn't play with anything. The sound stopped as I turned on the hallway light, but Henry wasn't there. I found him on the living room couch sleeping peacefully like a fat old angel. As paranoid as I felt, there was nothing to do but return to the bedroom and try to go back to sleep. In the morning, I searched all the rooms for anything that could have made that noise, but I found nothing. When my aunt returned from her trip, I asked her if she had ever experienced unexplained sounds in her house. She confided that she frequently hallucinates hearing something run through her bedroom squeaking during the night. This is absurd because her family has never seen the first sign of a rodent during all the years they have lived in their home. Together, we came to the conclusion that what I had heard was only her hallucinated rodent getting stuck in my hallucinated shopping bag. 
Love your work. And man, that's from Zephyrin. Zephyrin, thank you very much for sharing. Yeah, I. that's an odd one. Um, I know what a, a plastic bag sounds like, you know, a grocery bag of sorts. And, you know, the thing is, your dog, um, Hazel, noticed it, so you're not hallucinating. Uh, that's, yeah, it's interesting. Hmm. I don't have much to say about that. Yeah, something's going on. I don't know. All right, Zephyrin, thank you again. All right, what else we got here? What's next? This one is by Marvin, and it's titled The Cemetery. Okay, Marvin, let's see what you got, man. I have been a mortician for over 30 years and have seen and heard all sorts of things in funeral homes and cemeteries of a supernatural nature. One such event occurred when I was managing a funeral home in North Alabama in the late 1990s. In that part of the state, there are many country as well as church cemeteries. One such cemetery in particular is Old Macedonia Church Cemetery. The cemetery is rather small and surrounded by a six-foot chain-link fence with entrance gates on only one side, located about a football field length behind the church. Most of the markers are uprights and too small for anyone to hide behind. Once, I had a funeral there in the adjoining church with the committal to follow immediately afterward. Being late August and very hot, I had asked the family to return to the church while the grave was prepared. I watched as the last person turned to enter the church door and then directed the cemetery and vault personnel to proceed. Within five minutes, the casket had been lowered into the vault, and the vault about to be lowered. Looking toward the church, I noticed an older lady approaching, about 25 feet from us. I was taken aback by how she had gotten so close to us so quickly without anyone noticing, and I asked the guys to wait just a minute. The lady was dressed in a turquoise-colored Victorian-style maxi dress trimmed in white lace, and as she walked, I could not see her feet or until she was wearing any type of shoe. As she passed within one foot of me, I asked her, How are you today? She did not look at me or even acknowledge that we were there, nor was there a breeze or anything from her passing by. In fact, the look on her face was one of determination, as if she was determined to go to a certain spot that she would not take her eyes off of. I watched as she continued to walk by for a minute or so when one of the guys asked why I had asked them to wait. Looking back at them, I stated, I wanted you to wait while the lady passed. Then they asked, What lady? I responded, That one. To my amazement, the lady was gone. I had looked away for just a second or two. There was no way she could have gotten out of the cemetery or hidden behind a marker. All the guys denied having seen her. Later at the funeral home, I was telling one of the other funeral directors about the incident when one of the cemetery personnel stated, uh, You mean the one in the turquoise dress? He had seen her after all. Love your podcast. And man, that's from Marvin. Marvin, thank you very much for sharing. Loved it. Yeah, you know, every once in a while we get that. Um, and the strange thing is, is that, you know, some people can see these things, these apparitions, and others cannot. 
I'm still trying to figure that one out. It's just weird. And it looks like uh, that's what happened in this case. Interesting stuff. Yeah, Marvin, thank you very much for sharing. All right. What do we get? What's next? This one is by Lenzel, and it's titled Care Home. Okay, Lenzel, let's see what you got, man. This story happened in 1995 when I was a 15-year-old girl working nights as a care assistant in a local nursing home. The nursing home was a large old stone Edwardian house with three main floors and a small fourth, housing two bedrooms in the attic. Set amongst a few acres of wooded ground, it could be entered by a long winding driveway leading up from a relatively busy road leading off into the country in the local 12th century castle. My shift started at 7 p.m. and ended at 7 a.m., but the night would go relatively quickly. I worked with a staff member on my floor and we had responsibility for the ground and the second floors and another two staff members dedicated to the critically ill on the third floor with another lady who worked on the third floor office who was the resident nurse to cover all floors in case of emergency. Once the residents were all in bed about 10 p.m., we would undertake some cleaning and hourly round checks. We'd do them on our own, taking one side of the house each and moving from room to room, floor to floor, and then we'd relax a bit in the open lounge area, doing crosswords or reading. Every now and again, an alarm from one of the rooms would go off and we'd pop along to see who had rung it and if we could assist. As in probably every care home, ghost stories abounded from a disembodied leg seen wandering the corridors on the second floor to cold spots, odd feelings, shadows, noises, and a cat who would walk the gardens. On this night, it was the same as any other. We would hear people shuffling up and down the corridors and opening doors, but there was never anybody there when we looked. On this particular night, an alarm from a ground floor room began to ring. We walked up to the room together, which was the last room on the right on the ground floor, and quietly entered the room. The resident was fast asleep, so we gave her a quick check over, switched off the alarm, and left the room. Ten minutes later, the same alarm went off again, so we went up, suspecting a fault, but when we arrived there, the resident was wide awake, pointing to the back of her door, saying, Will you get him out of my room? He's coming here and is making a nuisance of himself again. Now, the ground floor was for residents who were very much in charge of their full facilities and were permitted to wander their heart's content. Locked doors were needed, of course, so we checked the room and the bathroom, even the room next, but no one was there. Our resident was growing impatient with us, pointing at this unseen gentleman and actually having an irked conversation with him. At this point, she threw her hands up in the air and looked over towards the other corner and began speaking to someone else, asking another unseen entity to tell us to stop staring about us and to get the gentleman behind the door away so she could sleep. We were beginning to think she was hallucinating and poured her a glass of water and, and tried to calm her down. At this point, the curtains at her window puffed out quite a bit. There was no open window. Then the door slammed closed, then reopened. We were stunned. 
A resident then stated in a slightly exasperated voice that at least Mavis could get rid of unwanted visitors in the middle of the night, and what use were we? She then turned around and told Mavis that she was glad she'd come to visit to get rid of that pestering old man, and she was ready to sleep. The resident in that room died a week later, and without any illness that would have caused death. She just drifted from us in the night. I later learned that Mavis was her best friend in the home and had died a year before, and the room she occupied was earlier occupied by an old man that had always had the nurses and care assistants running up and down the corridor with some prank or another. I wonder to this day if they had come to ease her passing and take her with them. This was undoubtedly the point in my life when I stopped wondering if there was some kind of life after death and just accepted that there was. My co-worker was equally stunned and at a loss for what happened. It was just accepted as another story to add to the collection at the home. Love the podcast. Oh, wow. Uh, that's from uh, Lenzil. Lenzil, thank you very much for sharing. I loved it. Yeah, I love, uh, you know, one of my favorite stories to read is anyone in a, you know, old folks home, you know, being taken care of. I mean, there's just so much stories uh, from the nurses, you know, basically from the night shift. Uh, yeah, interesting stuff. Yeah, thank you very much. And that is it. That's all that uh, Britt sent me, just these uh, three stories. And as always, thank you very much for uh, you know coming by the RPA Network. We are flattered that you're enjoying at least something here that we offer. And also, don't forget to get the free RPA app. I had it built for you guys because we love you. All you got to do is go to your app store and do a search for Real Paranormal Activity the podcast, forward slash network, and download it for free. Stream anytime, anywhere. And also, we're on 30 plus platforms such as iHeartRadio, Spotify, Pandora, etc., etc. So if you're at work and you're listening to your favorite music, but then you get bored, just do a search for us and we're probably there and you can get your spook on without getting out of your app. And so with that, I am calling it. The show's been produced by myself and Britt and is also made possible by LaFosse Corporation. And man, we love you. Oh yeah, we do. As always, thank you and good night. Yeah. <laughs>